Bases loaded and one out. Oh, oh my God. Deep to right field. Way up there and way out of here. Second deck walk-off home run. Grand slash. Hey, everybody. Welcome into Beer, Bourbon, Baseball, Episode 6. Look at that. We are joined by Chris Welsh at Is It The Welsh? ITL's own, and he came fully prepared. Obviously, <laughs> I have my co-host, Mike Simeone, a.k.a. SP Streamer. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm Mike Curlin, at Mike underscore Curlin. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Chris, thank you for joining us. What are you drinking and what's going on? I'm prepared. I came fully, fully prepared. I'm going to put this tweet out. So I even actually went to the store for you guys because, as wow. I was explaining, and if anybody followed me on Twitter on Sunday, you might know that I got a little tipsy in my tweets and that was because I drank all of everything I had in the house. So I needed to go restock because I was yelling at things and people and <laughs> old man yells at clouds. So for beer tonight, I've got, it's a local uh, brew. If anybody, any listener of ITL or, or mine knows, they've heard from me. This is from Hus Brewing. It's a Scottsdale blonde because I don't have a good uh, beer palette. I'm the anti Eno. So I've got that. I don't even drink beer stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a big like that's that's my that's like my big thing. I'm like, ooh, would you like something very special? It's a Scottsdale blonde, and it's just like you know a Miller Lite. And then I decided to just an old uh, staple Woodward Woodward Reserve, but not just Reserve. It's the Rye because I'm a Rye guy, so I oh, brought yeah. some uh, Woodward Reserve and Rye. And boys, you just tell me when to uh, start pouring and cracking, and we're good. But thank you for having me. No, our pleasure. And Mike has, did you bring the rubric tonight? Because Mike has a rubric. Oh, right. uh, He's been slacking on that. Don't worry. What I've been really bad with that. With that. Um, but I brought um, Whistle Pig. It's, it's, it's <laughs> a classic. Me and Chris kind of talked about it last time, actually, when I'm on, on my podcast. It is dope. I actually love this ride. It's really good. Yeah, it's their newest one, too. I, I, that was a, the one I was telling you that yeah. I had brought up to the cabin. I had just picked it up and like Whistle Pig doesn't usually have consumer friendly prices on anything because like their their main staple is usually about 80 bucks that's like the 10 year then they have a 12 year that's yeah. like 130 and then it just keeps going crazy that was their first foray into like consumer bourbon of you know like 50 dollars sub 50 dollars they'd call mm -hmm. it and it's amazing because whistle so is, it's incredible incredible so bourbon but like that's the next step like there's like steps of bourbon i think uh, not that i'm any not that you know Body by Bourbon, the shirt that I'm wearing. <laughs> I used to have one of my obsessions was bourbon, of course, and uh, in our ITL army, we had a group on it. But like your first step is you're like, hey, I'm a jack guy, or like, you know, if you if you're really feeling fancy or you're on a really good date, you're like, I brought out the makers. Like that's your first step. The next step is yeah. you get into like, you know, Woodford, maybe four roses, maybe 1792, something like that. And then when you start to get obsessed and you make a podcast called Beers, Bourbon and <laughs> Baseball about bourbon and you want it to be a part of your life, you start getting into like, you know, the, the unique stuff. You start driving around like it's Bowman 2020 cards, trying to find like the unique bourbon that nobody has. You're uh, trying to find yeah. Wellers and everything. And uh, Whistlepig is a great one to get into. Yeah, I, w I walked into a liquor store with my wife the other day and I was like, is it, do I have a problem if I've tried everything I see, I'm seeing on the shelf right now? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. I'm saying. I, so I think I have one. Question. Um, this is Brent from the Exville podcast. What shirt is that, Welsh? So this is, um, we actually have apparel at in this league. We don't really promote it. 
<laughs> I design all of them because that's the level of like high in work we have here at ITL because I have the I have Photoshop, so that's why it's design. Um, we've got a Teespring store and we've had different levels of like stuff we've released. People have seen I've, like my prospects assemble is my you know big happy one. But the first line of stuff we ever made was we had this shirt called 99 problems, but my draft ain't one. And then we really wanted to Bogman and I wanted to speak to everybody and like, you know, let everybody know what we're about. So we have a body by cheeseburger for Bogman and then a <laughs> body it. by body by bourbon and it says you know in this league down there and uh it's still available on our uh our store teespring.com slash store slash itl store the body by bourbon baby might need to purchase one of those and last, last and certainly least we got i got beer and it's elixir <laughs> i guess i've never had it before contact haze so i popped one open the other day to try it i know i'm not supposed to I'm supposed to try it live but man it was actually really good i'm getting into these like summertime citrusy beers and i'm not so like, like a sandy i guess <laughs> I, I don't know what that means. I'm just trying to sound smart. I'm like, is it a shandy? Is it a summer IPA shandy? Is that what it is? It's I don't know. Definitely an IPA. It's a hazy IPA. No, I'm not a beer yeah. connoisseur by any means, but we're uh, like the worst people to run. Yeah, this we like drinking. This is our excuse to drink and hang out on a Tuesday night. Like, together. I like it. Like, like, how long have you guys been into bourbon? Because I want you to say like about four um, months. Because I want it to be like we don't really drink a whole lot of beer. We just really got into bourbon. But we like pot baseball, so we're gonna put all of them together, and that's gonna be our podcast. We've been drinking. I know Mike's been heavy, more heavily. Into um, yeah, no, I haven't been into it that long. Maybe a year, but I've gotten like pretty deep into it pretty quickly. That's what happened. That's uh, that's one hundred percent me too. I've got this really, really, really bad addictive personality. personality. I'm, I'm not. And I think I said this on your show last time. It's not like in the worst, worst way, but when I get into something it's pretty hardcore, whether it's like collector yeah. stuff or bourbon, I go all in like Bogman knows this about me. Yeah, and then, and then it tapers back a little bit. And yeah. if it was a true yeah. love, I'll still hold it. But um, yeah, unfortunately, luckily this phase, the bourbon phase is like past a tiny bit. It's See, I had that issue actually, because um, for instance, I got into, I was watching videos. I was like, you know what? I'm going to build my own PC. So there's that. And <laughs> that's kind of the first yeah. thing. I did. Then you see the Mariners had them wearing, I wasn't sure if I was going to bring it up. Somebody did of course you were going to bring it up. I actually, well, I actually DM'd the Welsh. I call him the Welsh. I can't help it. Can I, DM'd Welsh, I DM'd him on the side talking about the Mariners have cutouts for 30 bucks. It's like a great can, deal. Can, can we scary. cheers real quick? So I really want to drink this. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Can I pour? Wait, hold on. I haven't poured anything. Hold on. What are, we, I mean, what are we doing? You know, bourbon or beer? I, I'm, I'm always bourbon. So and I've got my uh, whatever ITL glass. And, and I get the, my favorite part right into the right there. Mm. And I just. Well, hold so on. Here. I don't want either one of you to uh, feel, you know, left. Uh, out. You're, you're, you're double fisting, let's, aren't let's, you? Let's do both here if I can get it. <laughs> oh, I like uh, we got some Elijah Craig out there here. That's a good one. All right. Uh, bourbon first. I wish I had some. I mean, I, we kind I, of I, I'm just do it all at once. Okay. You got to drink go. all at the same time. There you go. Uh, mine's over here poured out. I'm slacking. Oh, my God. It's so good. I didn't pour that well. Yeah. My so Pig's definitely one of my favorites now. It's good. Oh, man, the, the rye. I, I haven't had um, oh. Woodford Reserve rye in a little bit. That's so great. Now, do you do you ice it or do you do you play it neat? So I love, to, I love to do the ice ball, but everyone uh. gave me shit about it. So now I just – I only drink it neat. See, what you don't understand about the bourbon – I actually do. I'm like starting to – I'm starting to like neat better now. Yeah, well, and you will. What you got to understand is the first rule – 
of uh, bourbon consumerism for yourself is you judge other people. Like you, that, that is what <laughs> bourbon people do is you have to, it, the, the bourbon is like number three on importance here. The, the number two most important thing is the uniqueness of the bourbon that you've purchased and that you've told everybody about it. But number and how one, much you spent. <laughs> and how much you spent, number one importance in the bourbon world is you make sure to tell everybody how you are supposed to enjoy bourbon. Oh, you can't do that. You can't put Coke in there. You can't put ice in there. That's not how you do it. You can't put that in Well, it's Shut the fuck up. Him, uh, Dave, <laughs> the podcast. I always forget his last name, but Dave loves to uh, come in and constantly argue about the whole neat over instead of ice and all that. And of course, our, my buddy Deegs, he chimed in with, I like the Mariners somewhat until I saw Curlin wearing the Mariners hat. <laughs> well, the reason, the, why I was, the reason why I'm a Mariners fan is because I found that cutout. And, of course, me being kind of like that, oh, let's see what happens. So I bought it, got my this the really funny face. I was like, let me just throw this weird face out there. I want to see myself in the stands, make conversation one day, hopefully. And then I was like, well, now I got to commit to this because I love Shed Long. I love Kyle Lewis. I love Justin Sheffield this year, Evan White. So I'm like, wow, all these fantasy players. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be a Mariners fan this year. I bought the hat. Went to, went to the mall. No one even goes to the malls anymore. I went to the mall and bought a hat. That's amazing. You're you're a Mariners fan because you spent thirty dollars on a cutout, a paper cutout. You are now in the fan base. Well, no, because yep. I went. Well, that's more than what they charge for seats and a beer at that stadium. Probably. I'm gonna but, buy one. I think I'm gonna buy one because we we were looking. We we're looking all around. Like my Diamondbacks aren't doing one, and everyone else is really expensive. And like the only two options, if you don't want to pay like you know twelve year whistle pig price on it, is <laughs> Royals, which pff, not gonna do yeah. that. Mariners, they're exciting. Like Julio Rodriguez, love of my life absolutely love julio and you know same thing i'm a, I'm a shed guy and i've been talking about evan white forever i've been covering the mariners for years and years and years because their uh facilities in my backyard so like i can get down with that i'm gonna get down with the royals nothing and then, <laughs> and, then, and then i did and then i was like well I, I'm, I'm kind of addicted to this point. Like, i want to commit commit to this so i bought a shirt and it was a custom one that i could have gotten kyle lewis on the back it was just a t-shirt could have had lewis's number so we're about I, addictive personality i, I, went, <laughs> I feel yeah, better i feel better yeah <laughs> i went down the road, I got, it's a sleepy k on the back and okay. so it's fully my nickname's on there it's coming in what in you should have done is you should have done sleepy like kkkk and then 1k backwards that would have been oh that would have been sick k's on a t-shirt you what <laughs> I, I know i didn't say three uh, Mike. I, I said five <laughs> and then he said a backwards one yeah yeah i made sure that we were really clear about the k's that we were putting on there Mike. I, I saw you did say more than three yeah so anyway we're gonna say i guess i'm Let's deciding play? should we get into the drinking game first i guess yes yeah, oh we're not there bar. Oh well, no, we will. We, uh, yeah, we are pretty much not waiting, but I'm just deciding. You know what? I guess we should get a little, get some drinks in our in us more because we have that really just depressing news to talk about and Gavin Lux. So before we do that, Mike, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. All right. Um, all right. So I mean, I'll do you want to explain the game, Mike? Yeah, oh yeah, because right. I, I mean, there might be some I mean, new I'll, people. You know, I'll go first, but I don't know what we're doing. No. Right, take a shot. <laughs> we're drinking. No, it's, uh, <laughs> it's it's called a shot in the dark, and the idea of it is it's basically a guessing game. Mike's gonna go out down five sets of clues. Give you guys who's watching live, if you want if you want to guess and chime in. That's great because if you guess before I do, I have to chug a beer. I don't have I don't take shots. I chug beers. Classy and um. Very yeah, he says five Super or six clues on a hitter because that's kind of what I'm strong in as far as analysis goes. And then once he's done, I go same idea. I give him five, six clues depending on how nice I'm feeling. And if you guess before he does, or if he doesn't get it, he has to take a shot. And Chris gets to join in if he wants. If he guesses before one of us, we also have to drink. So it's pretty much guaranteeing drinking. 
It's a really good. I'm, I'm glad we you explained that. I mean, when we were sober. Uh, that worked better when we're sober. But yeah, let's let's go. I'm, I'm on like I'm on like a three. I'm on like a three game win streak here. So I don't know. Oh, really? I've been drinking okay. a little bit. All right, I'll start off. Um, get them wrong. All right, so again, they start really hard. So here's the first clip. Ugh, all right, hold on. Yeah, you need it. Mike starts with like XBA on pitches low and away. Like, <laughs> you know that? me too. Well. Oh, really? Oh, all right, yeah. so it's obviously it's a hitter. I do hitters. Mike does pitchers. All right, so highest ex-woba against changeups last year, 200 minimum. 200 minimum? So Facing he didn't play all year. So he didn't what? play all year right there. I can tell you. No, can tell you. That's the min, not the max. The minimum. So that no, means he played most of the year. I don't know because only 200. I feel like that's not a lot of changeups to see. Uh, that's a lot of that's. I think that's a decent amount. That's like a decent amount. <laughs> I mean, unless someone, unless there's like the three pitchers he faced through eighty changeups in a game. <laughs> well, maybe I drank already a little too much before I started this. Anyway, um, all right. So you get one guess. Yeah, that's a that's a great stuff. I'm get guess. Trout. I always start with my trout. One of these nope. is gonna be my trout. Um, I know how these games usually work, and it, it like the trendiness of it would make a lot of sense to play what's going on in the news. So 200 minimum change-ups. Let me just go with Kike Hernandez. Nope. Okay. I want to get that one out of the <laughs> way until we get to the news. Let's go. <laughs> all right. He was second in X-Slug against all off-speed pitches. Second in X-Slug against all off-speed pitches? I have to apologize. My first four are going to be pretty hard, but then you'll it'll, – it'll, First four. It's, it's, so you should the, get it after the, the, the next two. No, no, no. I did six. I did six. Uh, oh, you like how Joe Joe chimed in? How do you not choose Shed Long right now? It's not Shed Long. I want it to be Shed Long. <laughs> um, okay, okay. What was it again? <laughs> yeah, oh my god! <laughs> all right, highest X row against changes last year, and second in X slow against all off speed pitches. So Nelly basically Cruz demolished off speed pitches. Yeah, and Nelly Cruz was guest by the way in the chat. It is not Nelly Cruz. Is it Nelson? No kidding. <laughs> um, oh man, so you always do this. I have a hard time. I'm really bad. Looks at like that. to me, it looks like Welsh is looking it up right now. Oh no, I'm not. I, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I wouldn't do. I mean, I have to cheat a little it bit. It is not Rendon. <laughs> one of the listeners, one of my, one of my <laughs> not Gal. I know. Yeah, you know, I was thinking that, Chad. I'm like, Alonzo. <laughs> no. Uh, um. All right. So, ahead. a good off-speed guy. Oh man, I don't know if somebody already said this, but what about Anthony Rendon? He no. just got said. Marty told me. Oh, he did. Okay, that, that's why. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, you guessed that's, it. Right. That's why it was in my brain. <laughs> this might give a little more hint. All right. So third hint is he has hit over forty home runs twice. Ooh, over forty home runs twice. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering now. Do I think veteran that is on the decline that just did well because all speed we didn't realize it. Or is there somebody I'm missing, obviously, in their prime that I'm just – I always overlook some of these guys, man. Are these, act- these are active players, obviously. Right? Yes. Yeah, yes. Last year, duh. Uh, you said no. Nolan Arenado? Not Nolan Arenado. 40 twice. I'm going to – I don't know if he did it twice. Listeners get one guess per clue as well. Yeah, that would get from that part. Um, 40, though, man. <laughs> 40 twice? Yelich? It is not Yelich. 40 twice. I already guessed Trout. All right, Mike. You're up. I know, I know, I know, I know. Bregman? No. Once. All right. This won't help much either. (laughs) I had the 14th highest OPS in 2019. 
Oh, you have JD. Uh, JD Martinez was. That is the correct answer. Hey, that is okay. This is JD Martinez. The last two were his plays in the AL East and hits cleanup. I probably would have went belly too. Okay, that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty good. I'm really glad that you uh, you brought in the soft stuff for me coming on. I'm glad you brought in the expoba against changeup. <laughs> that's how I always start off. I appreciate that. That is awesome. Does he win? I I um I'm don't know. We'll give him something. He gets to be uh, a Mariners fan. Congratulations, Toby. You're now a Mariners <laughs> fan. We're curling. No, uh, you know what? I'm feeling generous. It's opening day coming up. I will give him one of our glasses. Hey. Well, it's one of these. Beer, bourbon, baseball, rocks, glasses. Congratulations, buddy. Let's but you only win one. So if someone guesses this guy before Mike, it's going to go to a different person. Let's, we should drink to Toby. I already right, chugged I, my beer. Right, right. Oh, okay. Okay. Me and Michael. Yeah, I got, I got more beer. I'm always good to drink. And to the listener that crapped on my Wood, Woodford Reserve. They're like, rye, I saw oh, in the yeah. chat. Yeah. They're like, I got the least amount of rye in any of them. Well, guess what? <laughs> It's still a goddamn ride. You know what? That's actually my buddy Fish. Him and I uh, did a main event draft together, actually. Well, Fish, it's a still a rye. <laughs> a rye is a rye until it's not. He's a good dude. He's a good dude, but yeah, he did. I, I meant to bring that up because he did kind of poo-poo on your uh, your rye there. But it's it's just like a sub-$30 bottle of bourbon. I don't know what you want, Fish. What do you want from your sub-$30 <laughs> rye? All I know is I'm about to burp for about five minutes. Oh, uh, here we go, yeah. Don't throw it. Every time I chug an IPA, I know, right? I shouldn't be chugging IPAs. All right. So here's my guy. He has played for only one team in his career. He was even drafted by that team, like one team literally since being drafted. Jacob DeGrom. No. Um, Although he is a Mets fan. That would have been fantastic. For his entire career. So I feel like it's <laughs> yeah, been like there for a while. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, or is it one year guy? Oh. Is it including this upcoming year or no? Yeah, yeah, he's still on. It is. He's, like, he's still on that team. I'm trying not to say it. Yeah, I feel like you're really about. To, you're like, yeah, yeah, no, he's still in the AL East. Uh, I don't even know Kyle Hendricks. No, no that was a good. All right. So he's had under a four ERA in two of the last three seasons. <sighs> these are, are oh, by the way, these are pitchers, guys. I see people guessing hitters. Yeah. These are pitchers. You Darvish. No. Okay. I don't even remember the ERA, so it doesn't. Um, well, don't forget, he's also pitched for one team as well. Yeah, team. that's what I was going to say. Darvish is not a pitch. For, um, not Beaver, not the Oh, my God. You're totally right. <laughs> yeah, I was at one of his like, first spring training ones. You're 100% right. Uh, he played for the Rangers and. Yeah, yeah, Rangers. Well, just Rangers. Was it just the Rangers? I wasn't sure if there was another team between the Rangers and the Cubs. I wasn't sure. I know he had the Tommy John after throwing eight and two thirds of like a perfect game. I remember I was watching that game. I was drafting during that game. It's not. Is it Jack Flaherty? Uh, Jose Barrios. That's not Jack Flaherty. I already used oh, my stupid. Here, here's a bonus hint. You guys are guessing way too high, like upper tier guys, right there. <laughs> okay, so uh, loser. All right, good. We're we'll go to losers. Yeah, loser, and well, he's <laughs> but he has won ten games or more each of the last four years. Hmm. Oh, ten or more benchmark. Last each of the last four years, I'm gonna double check that stat while you. Oh God! I looked at it. I was like, "What?" Really? Uh, but you said I. I already guessed Kershaw, but and I think uh, someone put Dodgers in there. But you were you were saying loser, so that's unfortunate. I lost my <laughs> guess. Not, not um. Hmm. So he's like weirdly, weirdly gets good. wins. Um, yeah, he, wins. he does look, we're gonna be 
or I'm more. Be super annoyed by the answer, I think. Yeah, oh. this is brutal. Uh, these are like these are those like weird. Like, these are those hints where it's like middle ground, not too hard, not too easy, just right. Suck it, Mike. <laughs> if you wait long Man. enough, you'll get, you'll get some more guesses from the crowd. Severino, I'm just guessing here. Severino is right. I'm right. um, <laughs> never. I, I love the puns, the stupid puns. All right. Uh, okay. Did you guess this one? Yeah, I had. I, I, I'm using all my really bad um, picks. He guessed where, Kershaw. <laughs> yeah, where I said Kershaw after loser, and then you said one team, and I said a guy that was on two. So I'm just getting all my really uh, shitty all right. picks out. So he's played for one team throughout his career. He has under a four ERA in two of the last three seasons, and he has won ten games or more in each of the last four seasons. And this is the one that I see. This is gonna be tough for you, Chris. But Mike That's knows a good guess stuff. right there. Yeah, chatty Marquez? Marquez. No. Okay. And this is like I said, this is gonna be a good this is gonna be fun one for you, Mike. I'm sorry, Chris, but he had a slider with a P valve 13.9 in 2019 and has only dipped below a P valve 10 once in the last four seasons on, on the slider. Musgrove? Mo- no. <laughs> Ten wins, Mike. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> <Damn it. laughs> I always like you, I mean, always you, got the loser. you got the loser right, but you just didn't get the 10 <laughs> Um I see immediately when you said slider, I thought of a guy, but he wasn't, he hasn't been on one team. I'm thinking of slider heavy guy. Damn, man. The, the, the P-Val one, I thought Mike would get, cause Mike does a lot of P-Val looking and he, he's always breaking down individual pitches. I like, so, very, I basically don't memorize that crap though. I like yeah, don't have any of that memorized. I, what it is, is I can tell you this is a bonus clue. You don't really talk about them a lot. So I think because of that, the stat like the stat would be something you would know if you talk about it more. That's all, but that's not going to help you at all. And you Jump said an ERA. You said the ERA was under four for two straight years. Two, no, two out of the last three. Two out of the last, last three. three. Twenty eighteen, basically, he had above yeah. a four ERA. Okay, let me throw this out. Marcus Stroman. No, no, that's what I thought too. But he got traded. God, I did it again. You're right. I, did it I was, again. I thinking, so I was thinking of Stroman instantly, like right away. It was a good guess, but not the case. All right, we're going to move on to the – there's like two clues here. It depends on how I feel about this next one. He pitches in a hitter-friendly ballpark but has reverse slit, uh, splits. So one team his whole career had has had, a, has had under a four ERA in two of the last three seasons, has won 10 games or more each of the last four seasons, the slider with that 13.9 P-Val. And he's, he still a, he's still on that team this year, right? And he's on a team that pitches on a bad ball – it's a hitter's ballpark, but he's had reverse splits there. And he's a loser. <laughs> he's a loser with a with a with a winner's mentality. So John Gray. It is John Gray. Very nice. Very I get, nice. I, I, oh yeah. Uh, did you get it or did he get it first? No, uh, listen. He got it. Oh, uh, that was. I, I said John Gray. Because he said John Gray. I was, listeners yeah. won. Listeners won because yeah. they have Google. That means Mike yeah. has to drink, and I have to send Brent a glass. But because I know Brent so well, he doesn't get the glass. Um, I'm kidding. I'll send Brent one. Way to go, Brent. We'll talk. I'm doing a small <laughs> shot so I don't get too uh, destroyed. Oh, oh, you have to do another one. That was wasteful. Oh, that was sad. <laughs> These guys. Oh, I'm really, I'm really disappointed in you for that crappy shot. That seemed like a fine shot. That yeah, was, was decent. Shot. That was like a sip. Oh. All right. So on to the baseball talk because this is more of a celebration as a whole. I guess I didn't even mention what we were going to talk about. So <laughs> this is just going to be more of a celebration. We're going to just have a little bit of fun, talk about guys we own. Uh, in a lot of leagues, because drafts are pretty much wound, winding down. We're going to talk a little bit about our, our TGFBI as far as um, 
the fab. I can't even talk, man. The, it's already kicking in. Uh, the fab and all that. Bold predictions. But before we get to that, Gavin Lux news. Chris, please tell us all about the Gavin Lux situation, at least from your perspective. I just don't think it's. I don't think it's that surprising. Um, I mean, Gavin Lux is like a obviously an immense talent. What he did in the minor leagues, struggled a little bit in uh, when he got to in his major league stint. I saw him in spring training when there was actually a spring training, and he looked fine. He just didn't look overwhelming. But I think you got to look deeper into like the team itself. It's the Dodgers, man. They're built on flexibility. Like it's hard to pinpoint a player outside of Corey Seager. And, you know, I guess some of the outfielders, but even the outfielders can play across the board that doesn't have flexibility. That's what they want to do. You know, um, Kiki uh, Hernandez, who's probably going to be the guy that's going to step into that role and had been starting. He's flexible across the board. Uh, Edwin Rios is one of those guys. A little shout out to Four Roses there, Top. Um, Edwin Rios is one of those guys that I think obviously benefits from this. And he's in the mold of what the Dodgers do. This also is probably tied up to, um, you know, there's some contractual stuff there. And they probably ultimately in a shortened season, there's more value on flexibility. That's why like, you know, there's players that are less sexy that some of these NL teams are rocking, but you go and look at like a Joshua Rojos uh, with the Diamondbacks who can play, I mean, literally everywhere. He can play yeah. everybody, everywhere of a catcher. Mm-hmm. Teams are going to find more and more value in that over pressing a guy like Gavin Lux who, you know, whether they don't feel it's ready or not. I just know everybody's butthurt about it. I'm not butthurt because, frankly, I was avoiding him. He wasn't one of the rookies that I was really tied into, and his ADP just didn't quite make sense. Even if he was a starting second baseman, they're still going to rotate him out for this year in the 60 games. So it's really unfortunate. I think he'll be back early August, and everybody will forget about it, but people are probably going to be able to take advantage of the drops that are going to happen with Kevin Lux in some of the some of the leagues that they have, and I would pick him up because I think, you know, August uh, 10th, you know, right around that time. I'll bet you he's back up. Would you buy low on him in redraft? Because obviously I don't think you're going to get any type of discount in dynasty formats, but in a redraft, would you consider buying low on him? Probably not. I Like I said, I'm, I'm not that interested. Harder. I don't, I don't have a lot invested in him. Like I, there's a lot of the lower in second baseman that I've been drafting. And frankly, like I play in big, deep leagues like 20 mm-hmm. and 16 man across the board and i get kind of jacked up if you know if i don't get like a tell Marte early or you know a couple other names blah 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 i'll sit and wait and give me my Jose hernandez cesar hernandez who's going to oh, be leading off for the indians absolutely give me i don't even Dude, like him don't. that much but jose peraza right now is going to be the starting second baseman for mm-hmm. the reds and there's a stolen base multi-eligibility guy so i just don't think a guy like Gavin Lux makes sense to go buy on when there's so many other good options. Nick Madrigal has a chance to outproduce him this year if he's going to make the roster with the White Sox just because of playing time. There's just too many options that Gavin Lux, I don't think, sets himself too, too much apart, um, you know, simply because the, the sample size isn't big enough for him yet. And I just don't think he's like Tatis. But, yeah, I'm not buying. I'm not buying. In, in Dynasty, I would. I think it's a great mm-hmm. time. And you actually will probably back this, but there's a chance that your boy – Edward Olivares, like, I always say his name wrong, probably wrong. But uh, for the Padres, there's a chance that he outproduces and out-earns Gavin Lux and could outperform him all year this year. I, up with the league, uh, the team this year. It's right. one of those I do feel good about. Like, I'm not, you know, I don't uh, tweet about, like, all the victories or losses. You know, I, I'm more than anything, I'm more satirical to make fun of that type of oh, stuff. Yeah. And we're all, think- we're all victory lapping on everything. But, like, I have a podcast <laughs> and I have a platform and – if I have one that I feel is warranted, I'll talk about it. I don't need to tweet about it, 
and Oliveris happens to be one of those. I think I I said I talked about Oliveris on Doug's podcast, you know, coaching with Ish. I talked about him there. I've talked about him anywhere that I possibly can to say, listen, dude, Oliveris is going to get an opportunity. There's just tiny little roadblocks in front of him. Well, guess what? There's really not. I mean, Franchi's out. Is is Juan Lagares going to be the guy that's going to take him off? I don't think so because he's defensively he's good. The guy can run and Ligaris the guy can hit. It up. <clears throat> Yeah, there you go. I completely forgot about that. You know, I was looking at Roto World today, um, and I was just looking at their rosters, and I was like, well, Ligaris isn't going to do anything. And he's not, because he opted out. So, uh, yeah, Oliveris is a good power-speed combo that I I think he outperforms your boy Franchi there, Mike. This season. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting, to, I'm starting to feel a little bullish about that already, but I'm sticking to my guns until the <laughs> <laughs> but, but We're going to get to those. But, Mike, you and I actually both own Gavin Lux and TGFBI. Yeah, I wish Chris told me this before I drafted for that. Um, well, that was months ago. In our <laughs> I know. Everything I know. was aiming to him at least playing. A good yeah, um, I am pissed because I got totally screwed and I didn't realize I didn't have a backup. Well, that's your own. So, no, that's your only second baseman. That is my only second. Damn, baseman. son. And, See, you, I had- and I'm just waiver. You didn't. Uh, you didn't pick anybody up. Mm. <laughs> so I will not be winning the TGFBI this year. <laughs> you can put a claim in. I know it's only a couple. It's only a couple of days. It's but only, still a, it's only an eighth of the season, Mike. It's only one eighth of the entire season. <laughs> yes, yeah, see, unlike Mike, I thought the same thing. I'm like, oh, I have nobody, and then I went to go look at my team. I'm like, oh, I do. I, I and this is when positional flexibility kicked in. I was a big Max Muncy guy to start the year, and I had him on this team, so I slotted Max Muncy over from first to second. I got Eric Dames off waivers because I think Eric Dames is going to be like, he's really undervalued, going to have a good solid year this year. Should be batting just by every day in the middle of the lineup. Plugged him into first base. And then now my utility, it's not sexy, but it's either Travis Shaw, who could be batting cleanup for the insert city here, Blue Jays, or um, or Evan White, who I'm, just, I'm bullish on. So it's not the sexiest utility, but it's not a zero in week one. And I can I make like- a move on. It was funny. I just look. I just pulled up my TGFBI because I know a few of the players. I didn't just know them off the top of my head. And I looked and I went, "Oh no, second base. I have Jose Altuve, and he just got hurt." But then you want to talk to uh, roster flexibility being so important. Luckily, I had also drafted um, Jonathan VR and David Fletcher. So there's and a little, and I, and I got your boy Evan White in there. So too, see Evan White. I, I just love him, and I've been. Too. I've heard the comps I hear is like uh, like a young Goldie. And it makes sense because you look at his profile and he offers across the board statistics, right? Not yeah. necessarily I'm not saying he's as polished as a Goldschmidt, or I think that's maybe his long term like ceiling, but that's what I'm hearing is like a Goldschmidt-esque, like a guy that gives you a little bit of power, a little bit of speed, good glove at the at first base. Would you say that's kind of accurate? I mean, it's it's in there. Yeah. Ironically, let's pretend in this world there was a segment we were gonna do and we all prepared for, like your guests prepared for, and then we cut it before the segment happened. I don't know, like <laughs> Like, let's just talk crazy here for a minute. Like, we were going to do Yahoo pickups of under 30%. I'm just throwing out crazy spitballs here. No no actual thing that happened. Hey, Nothing. Mike. Hey, Mike. I have literally no idea what any of you or either of you are talking about. Just, just, you want to explain to what happened there, buddy? It's a hypothetical scenario I'm throwing out. It's totally okay. <laughs> You can inch off the screen. No, no, no. So um, in that, I had noticed noticed on Yahoo that Evan White White was criminally underowned. Oh, you took him off. Yeah, yeah. he's an an ass. Uh, I had known that I had seen that Evan White was criminally underowned in Yahoo, only 6% owned as we're recording this, which is absolutely ridiculous. Now he's got a horrific matchup to start his his major league career in three straight Astros, and he's going to go Verlander, Granky, McCullers. That's less than ideal. But 
I've been watching um, I've been watching Evan since he was in college. And when he came over, he was actually comp to Cody Bellinger because he's a gold glove first baseman that could play in the outfield. He could play first base the minute he was drafted and that was locked in and that he might potentially play in the outfield because the power was in question. So in the 2018 uh, AFL, he was out there and he was on the same team as Keston Hira. And I had got a chance. He was actually my very, very first interview in the fall league of any of the fall leagues I've ever done. Second athlete interview I've ever had. Um, first major leaguer, right? Kumar Rocker, if people are familiar, he'll be the number one overall pick next year was my first interview. And I talked to Evan about what had changed because he had looked like he was getting under the ball more and he was starting to lift the ball. And that was his major criticism. And my two big things were, do you think the Mariners are going to end up putting you in the outfield so they can see you soon? And how are you changing as a hitter here in the fall league? And first one, he was immediately like, nah, I'm going to be first baseman. And if you've seen him play first in spring training 2.0, you know how good he is. The second one is he really talked about his, um, what he was picking up from Keston Hira. And Keston Hira is one of these like, you know, low variance, just attack the ball, get under it, swing, big power. And I think that kind of rubbed off on him. And then the next season, you started to see what Evan White was doing. What you want all contact hitters to do, especially a questionable first baseman in power, is you want to see them start to make the turn from batting average to power. You don't always, you don't really want a power hitter trying to learn to hit better average in the minor leagues. And that's what Evan White did. And he started selling out for power a little bit. And it's working. He strikes out like crazy, which is a problem. And people are uh, iffy on him. I'm not. He absolutely rocked Kikuchi in a couple like a week ago in spring training on an off season. No, I mean maybe it's not, but I mean Kikuchi's throwing, he's throwing 95, 96 now, and he's still going to keep him off base. And Evan was able to sit on it and crush it. So I believe the biggest question with Evan White as a like a prospect or minor leaguer was, will he have enough power? And I've always believed there'll be enough power. The big question now is, can he not strike out 30% of the time? If he doesn't, he's going to be a very successful player. And I think in this shortened season, he's going to be one of those dudes. He's going to be one of those dudes. I had him in top 200 back in January, and I've always believed in him. And uh, I'm excited. I mean, ironically, a lot of the Mariners are pretty exciting, but he's at the top of the list as far as fantasy guys go for me. And that's why the hat, man. That's why the team. That's why it's my thing now this year. But what it is is I'm a Marlins fan, so I'm just, I just know what it feels like to be in pain and misery over these last few years. So I'm just a masochist, and I enjoy the pain and misery. So I picked another team that should sink this year. Yeah, it's with a good team. <laughs> Smart. Marlins. And I actually just bought a Marlins hat with that Mariners shirt. So I'm ready to go to represent these teams. You should Man. do one of those half and halves. You should just have like, you know, I got, I got a perfect <laughs> logo. You do a half and half. You got Marlins and you got Mariners, but then on the brim you got like a little teardrop, just like. I think I figured you'd say poop emoji or something. Nah, I'm but, not that mean. <laughs> not that mean. Um, he's asking if Evans older already. He is 24, not 25, but I guess that's still a little. That's about right to be called up. That's not right? too bad. Yeah. I don't. I, I mean, we. I think sometimes we look a little bit too much into age. Like he was drafted older as well. Like if you're, if the connotation is like, well, is he old because he's been in the minor leagues a long time? No, you know, he was just a, I think, 22 out of college, and he played two years in the minors. And guess what? They didn't even need to see him this season in the yeah. minor leagues, and they bought out that contract because I'm telling you, it's one of those things where, like, in fantasy, so many people don't uh, care about defense and discount defense. But listen, man, you get a prospect that you know has got that touch and you want to see more of if they can play defensively it's why i like a guy like key brian hayes with the pirates that guy is a stud at third base he's got huge power he just hasn't tapped in as far as the big batting average goes but he can also steal so give me a guy that isn't going to be taken off the field because of his glove and then mm -hmm. he's back and forth back and forth 
if I know and I believe in the hit tool and he's good defense, I'm going to go all in. So that's why I'm in on the guys like Key Brian Hayes and Evan White. And your fans came in full uh, effect tonight. You got D. Mendy here with the What's Welsh, up? my guy. So my I figured we'd give him a shout out. He was actually, if I, I could be wrong, he was the one that I think he got his 1,000 followers today. He was aiming for. Good for you, man. Hope for the best, obviously. Cheers. You, look. you know what? Cheers to that, man. Cheers to 1,000. Cheers to 1,000 and many more because they come in waves, man. It's awesome. This, this industry is amazing. The people in it are amazing. And with that, we can transition to over to what wasn't amazing for me. My TGFBI fab. <laughs> I got one guy. You know, I got two guys, and one was on accident because I forgot to take the bid away. But, Mike, did you – who would you put your uh, – I can't even talk. Your fab bids for, and who did you end up with, and are, like, how do you feel about that? Uh, yeah, so I put in for two guys. That was Rich Hill and Kevin Crone. Um, Hill went ridiculous. Uh, oh, he had to go for like 500, right? Nah, I want to say like 350 ish in my league. Wow, I'd have gone four hundred in mine. Oh, uh, really? <laughs> nah, I, I didn't go that high, so so I didn't get him. And then I got Kevin Crone. I went play, what paid to play, and I got him for like I think it was around 50, and the next highest bid was like 40 something. I like that. That's a good grab, but yeah, I, I take power up side hasn't even been in the starting lineup. They've been giving Jake Lamb. Both I offers. know. I don't think they're uh, going to go to him right away. But I, hey, here's I'm, here's I'm something. Here, here's something I can promise you as a Diamondback fan. Here's one guarantee: Jake Lamb will never play against lefties. There is no hitter that is worse in the major leagues against lefties than Jake Lamb. He is one of the worst players on the planet against lefties. So the positive thing about that, he's also not going to be that good against righties, and it's going to breed more opportunity for Kevin Crone. But yeah. I'd also say, like, I think I love the Kevin Crone pick because Walker's banged up a little bit too, and I think um, I think the team could look to putting Kevin Crone in at least half the time at DH, but Rojas is going to be the other guy that's going to get running there. Yeah, Lamb's I love Rojas. Be relevant soon. And I got to ask, because I'm just going back to the prospect thing, and I have a perfect guy on here to talk about. No, and it's kind of relevant because I don't know how much anybody cares about what I do, but I've been writing up. I look at these lineups. I do. I did more spring training, and it was why I had to jump on the whole Cesar Hernandez being in the top two. It was just a trend I saw in the lineups every day in spring training. But these summer training or summer camp lineups, I, I take them a little more – I take them a little more serious because we're talking what two, three days away from the season. These are these ramp up games. These are the games that you put your starters in in the main in the main lineup because they're going to see other opposing starting pitchers likely throwing their best stuff or better stuff. So with that said, I guess what I'm getting to a long way of saying that is um, tonight I looked at the Rockies and we all know the Rockies are going to Rocky, but they legitimately didn't put in Garrett Hampson. They put what was um, uh, what's his name? Oh man, I can't think of his name. I'm blanking. Tapia, <laughs> Rogers. Tapia, DH, and they put um Dan Mike. Murphy. Dan, thank you, Daniel Murphy. Oh, sure oh. like, oh. <laughs> Dude, I'm a lightweight. Like, I mean, I'm Daniel right. Murphy should be their DH to be honest. He was with you. first base today. Tapia, DH, McMahon at second. They, we did have Hilliard in the outfield, which was nice. But again, no Hampson. Do you take no stock away from these lineups that we see right now, or is it a little more because of how close we are to the season? And what do you think the Rockies are going to do? I mean, your guess is as good as ours, to be honest. But I'm just curious at your take on that. Yeah, I mean, I think I just think there's some teams that are designed to not have a lockdown uh, DH. For failure. 
Yeah, well, I mean, maybe for Fed. I mean, the, Rock, the Rockies are so infuriating and, and frustrating across the board. I'm not going to read too much into it because I think I think we've looked at the entire like DH and the NL thing a little bit skewed. And I've done the same thing. I think the first thing we do is we're like, all right, who's the DH? Who's the guy? Who's coming with me? Like, who's the guy? And, and we focus on this one guy that's going to be the DH. We're like, oh, cool. Look at this. Aristides Aquino. Maybe he could be the guy. It looks like he's not. <laughs> There's another thing that's kind of stepped up, and I think a uh, multitude of teams have this, is there are these players that are super utility that can get full-time work just moving across the field. That's what sets uh, Rojas off to me with the Diamondbacks. Uh, Garrett Hampson is one of those players that's going to be able to move around. And I think half of the league have got these almost super utility-ish type players that can get close to full-time at-bats. Let's say there's six games in a week. They can get in five, two DH, one at one position, one at another position, and then you know maybe it's a half game, or they're just getting another start in another spot. You know, two shortstop, two outfield, and a DH or something like that. And I think there's a multitude of guys, and Garrett Hampson is one of those guys. He can play the outfield spots, which he's done. He can play second base. He can play shortstop if he if need be. Ryan McMahon can move around, and you can't put Daniel Murphy out there on a day in to day out basis. He's got a DH sometimes. So then McMahon slides over. Hampson plays second. He can fill in in the outfield. Uh, Ian. Ian Desmond popped out. So to come back to answer your question, like I, I'm with you. I think you can read stuff into the lineups. Look at the Dodgers situation. Gavin Lux yeah. wasn't starting, and then he's mm -hmm. option. You, Mike, I see you complaining about Kyle Tucker. He's not starting. Guess what? Probably not going to be that good for him at the start of the season. So there are things to read into, but understanding the roster construction and kind of pinpointing yeah. the teams that like to do stuff like this, Dodgers. Yeah. Hockey's Diamondbacks. Mm -hmm. It's going to help in kind of uh, your not freaking outness about a guy like Garrett Hampson because in the short season, I mean, that guy could steal 10 stolen. He could have 10 stolen bases in 75% of the work, and it's a yeah. steal. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a matter of uh, feeling confident. And daily leagues, I'm all about it. But I'm obviously, I think I'm what my yeah. concern is, is these weekly leagues we play in, like the TGFBI, these deeper formats where you have to, and remember, right now, plate appearances and just playing time is is like an asset, it's, it's valuable. And we have a guy here who's just so uncertain that you're going to have to start him on days he's not technically starting just to hope that he gets those stolen bases that you pretty much are rostering him for. We're in a really so weird spot. We're yeah. in a super weird spot right now, especially like us, like at this moment on Tuesday, where like we, we need – yeah, we're drinking on a podcast. <laughs> oh, on Tuesday night at 9 We all have issues. Yeah, we've all got issues. I like, yeah, the <laughs> listener chat in the comments. Chat this in the comments is talking about my, my Christian Walker story. But like – I think, I uh, yeah, well, I'll tell you that. But, like, we we really, really need to see. We need to not overreact. And I know the first week of baseball, whether it's in March or it's in July right now, we all overreact our asses off. It's so important because we're all in speculation. I see so many people talking uh, narratives of, of uh, certainty. They're like, well, this is this, that. And you don't know. You don't know. You don't know how teams are going to pivot off. You don't know. We, we still haven't. Teams are telling us these like five and four man rotations that they're going to go with. You know, we're going to get locked into six man rotations by somebody that's not announcing it right now. We really need to see because, yes, Garrett Hampson could not start in, in uh, the first game, but then you might see what I'm talking about. You might see there's a game at second. There's one in left field. Nope, now he's a DH. Now he's back in, and all of a sudden, the super utility that doesn't have a home technically has a home across the diamond. So I would say with Garrett Hampson specifically, I wouldn't overreact about him because he's just a really good fantasy, a cheap fantasy stolen base asset for us right now with some roster flexibility. I got you. And now I got to hear why Walker, and by Walker, I mean Christian Walker, why he got hurt because of you. Oh, and he yeah. even, look, he references you as the Welsh. 
Yeah, that's well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean I, that's what I am on the podcast. Bogman only calls me by the Welsh. Yes. Uh, I rarely hear my name. For some reason, one of the other podcasts I do, uh, The Black Book with Pisa Pia and, and Bogman, for some reason, we've done, it only shows like 13 episodes because we, we restarted on a new feed, but we've done over 200 episodes. For some reason, they both just started calling me Chris. And I was like, what the hell's happening? Like, I'm yeah, not used I to it. Weird. Yeah, when I hear Chris on a podcast, I don't respond because I assume it's not for me. <laughs> so all it is is this is a pretty uh, easy one. This was back in I don't know late February or early March, something like that. Um, I was over in Diamondbacks camp and on their backfields at Salt River Fields, and you know you can get back there. And this was um, you know they were going to get through and they were doing some of their training sessions and they had a bunch of BP going on in the Diamondbacks field. It's really cool because there's like uh, one big field and then there's this side half field that's only an infield that's for practice. And then you go over here and there's, you know, four or five or six fields, whatever it is. And they're all training. So I'm kind of hanging around. I was talking with somebody and Christian Walker is over here with Kevin Crone and they're working first base on this little half field. And I wanted to talk to Christian here for a second. So he's, uh, he goes over and he's like signing a couple autographs for people. And then he starts to walk over and I'm like, Hey, Christian, can I get you for a minute? And he comes over and he moves this little railing thing and he does this kind of like, hey, I'm going to jump onto the sidewalk thing, this little jump. And he goes, whoop. And he just slips his ass up in the air, legs oh up, bam, right on the concrete. And he's laying there. And I'm like, oh. And I just put my hand out and I, I, pick, I help pick him up. And he looks at me and he goes, they just redid the concrete. And I just started laughing. And I was like, I'm so sorry. That's the funniest thing. We talked for a minute. The next day, and I still have the screenshot of it on Yahoo. It said Christian Walker out with mild soreness, and then that oh was my god, and, and that was That's how amazing. I heard Christian Walker. <laughs> Way to go! That's yeah. amazing. So I obviously, because you and I are fantastic at tangents, and when I started calling this segment, by by this point, I started getting a little tipsy because I'm such a lightweight that I call it tipsy time with Mike. So thank you for indulging me, yeah. and. <laughs> More shots. I guess we should get back to your TGFBI waivers or just in general because of uh, FAB. And what FAB means is free agency acquisition bidding. So basically, you bid on, everyone has the same pool of money coming into it, has the same opportunity for every player, and you bid a certain amount of money. I should have probably said that before Mike mentioned it. But with that said, did you have any targets coming into FAB for TGFBI, and who did you end up with, if anybody? Yeah, I mean, I was pretty happy with my roster. I didn't have a whole lot of um... – I wasn't like when I relooked at my roster, I wasn't smacked by a whole lot of, you know, like, oh, uh, Noah Syndergaard and Chris Sale or anything like that. But I had some roster holes. I had a couple closers and something, a big pivot I've made as soon as um, Aroldis Chapman got hurt is I wanted Zach Britton and I wanted him everywhere that I possibly can. And, you know, we actually just did over on the In This League Fantasy Baseball podcast, most recent episode is Bogman and I talked about our shares. Then we went through the shares of players mm -hmm. that we had and Zach Britton, because we redid all of our drafts uh, at ITL. Zach Britton, Britton ended up being a guy that was like my second most owned closer because I was getting him all over the place. So I wanted to make sure to get those shares because I do think there's a possibility of a couple things. Chapman doesn't come back for a while. He gets cleared, but takes time or Britain is good enough that the team doesn't want to mess with what Britain's doing. And Chapman could even be a high leverage and it could be a dual situation. So I view Britain as a guy that maybe isn't just a couple saves, but is a guy that maybe could do it for the rest of the season. So I went hard on Britain. Hmm. Uh, apparently I didn't go hard enough though. I did get him. I did get him, but I saw some of the numbers that were being thrown out of everybody yeah. else. I put 236. So I put about just about 25% of my fab on yeah. Britain and I locked him down and I was actually about, 
55 to 60 dollars more than the next person but still there was about a uh, 170 180 bid on him and then the other guy a little bit of a bummer because it was announced today that he was sent down but i put 70 on clark schmidt so mm. uh, i believe clark schmidt is going to get a run there was a question that maybe tanaka was going to miss time and clark would be given the gig but they went to michael king which nah, michael king is fine and uh, but they sent down david garcia and clark schmidt but clark schmidt has been uh, absolutely unhittable in spring camp and he's a guy that'll hold on to you know what the good thing yeah. is i don't have to play bidding war in two weeks when he gets called up by the yankees and people are trying to drop three or four hundred on him and that's the benefit of it so i dropped about a third of my fab on a couple yankees and i got him so hmm. Well, I can I definitely overpaid for Eric Thames. My team was lacking in power. Not only did I have Gavin Lux, but I had Yasuo Puig. So I was losing some power, some speed. I, like I put four hundred dollars on Eric Thames. <laughs> I, I paid two hundred seventy four for him because I wanted to sure up the fact that I get him because he's playing almost every day. And we've seen him if we go back to just twenty eighteen, that first what month two that he like obliterated the ball. That is his potential. Will it happen? Probably not. <laughs> More than likely, it won't happen. But we're talking about a guy who should have just about everyday run between first base and DH, and a guy who, if we kept that waiver wire thing that you mentioned, may or may not have been on this outline. <laughs> if we kept that, he would have been included. I don't know either, but he might. He may have been included. Sorry, I've had one too many, Mike. I'm, I'm just going to air it. You screwed. You, you screwed us on that because I was already ready. Uh, <laughs> he's off the screen. Yeah, you get Mike. Once you get me, Mike, I'm third person now. Once you get Mike a few too many drinks, he gets a little honest. I mean, this is what it is. It's Did you guys think about being Mike and Mike at one point? Did you go down that route? Mike always says that. Absolutely not. Because first off, <laughs> definitely, like, if there's a poor man's version of anything, it's that. Like Mike and I, would be the poor man's version of Mike and Mike. I'm just and, making uh, sure. I wanted to see where we were at. And uh, of course, Mike's rocking the hat. I told like people like he's actually part of our uh, SP streamer. Mike, we haven't even told people, and you got me drinking. But up next, starting next season, I'm kind of like this. I'm just gonna say it. I guess I'm the um, what is it, the vice president of SP Streamer because we're trying to build that brand. It's an awesome thing. Mike has going over there, SP Streamer, and we have a uh, Discord chat. So come join us, man. We're always talking baseball, just kind of like how you guys have yours going over there on ITL, which is awesome. Which by yeah, the way, it's a ton of fun. Which by the way, I do plug and every time I've had you on, Chris, you're awesome, and I do support your work and what you guys do. So. The Patreon, if you guys haven't checked it out, check out um, In This League's Patreon. Him, Bogman, fantastic dudes, honestly, on and off the air. I hate to sit here and kiss ass, like, in, but like, you guys are awesome dudes. You guys are just awesome people. And ah, thank you. Support what they do. Support their um, – just just have fun with them. They, they give you a bunch of awesome perks. He'll tell you more about it at the end of the show. We'll let him close it out. But anyway, what was they saying? Oh, CJFBI. Um, <laughs> there was a reason for all this. Like, what yeah. were we talking about? What was happening? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike is full on tangent mode. I, I was about to say, Michael, we, I, I would, I, I mean, obviously it's not going to happen here. It definitely would be interesting to sit here and do like two to three hours. Like you and me, we slowly sip and we just like let him keep going. And like hour two, <laughs> I bet hour two gets really good. I bet Mike, I bet Erland an hour two. I bet he gets nuts. Yeah. Well, you sleepy. Okay. So sleepy K is a real thing. I, I felt sleepy during the podcast. <laughs> I know. Like that truly happened. If anybody's like here and look, even look, you're a guy here saying become a captain. This is why you're guys in your stream, which by the way, well, thank you for even dropping the idea that you're doing this tonight on there because that obviously brought in some extra viewers. We appreciate the support as well. And oh yeah. I mean, I see them invading. Like I saw like Marty was like talking about the show that we did today. Marty's, and I was, like, awesome. Like, Marty's, Marty's awesome. Marty's in every week. Yeah. He's the best. Yeah, Marty, Marty, like, Marty, honestly, 
DM me. I'm giving you a cup for free because you're awesome. I don't even care. You are such a great support supporter of the show. You're here yeah. every week. Yeah, I gotta stop drinking. You're right. Cause... God, Mike's just <laughs> giving away things. Pretty awesome. It's pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> My wife makes the cups. She slaves away and makes the cups in the other room. I just give them away. No, you're I, just I, like, I, yeah, honey, make like three more. I just gave a couple away to some people. Get some shipping too. <laughs> Brent, even Brent's like, free cups for everyone. Damn it. <laughs> Yeah, no, but yeah, it's um. I actually help make make the cups. She makes the t-shirt. Uh, sure poor, well. poor Miss Curlin over there. She won't come on. <laughs> watching though, she's probably yelling at me. But either way, anyway. So, uh, Eric Dames t-shirt. I spent like twenty seven percent on them, but I needed to sure up um power. Spent twenty seven percent on Eric Thames? I needed power, and Mike I looked at not. that. Give that exact was, number. Give that exact number. Twenty seven percent sounds fun, but I want you to say the dollars. Two seventy four. Two hundred seventy four out of thousand. <laughs> So much. <laughs> the next highest bid was a hundred in my league. So much. If you look, um, I think it was Zimmerman. Somebody was it Zimmerman that pulled the data. Someone pulled the data, and it showed that um, somebody spent over three hundred bucks for him in a league. So really? Oh yeah, I wasn't the high man. I expected to be. Wow. I was not the high man. Blew my mind. So he was the main guy I got because he shared up power that I needed really badly. Again, this is a 15-team league for those who aren't aware. 15 teams, and it's a deeper format, so the power is going to play for my team. But then the other guy I got, the runner-up, which I've been a Kyle Kirk guy for some reason all season, and he just, like I think right before that night, he blew the – he had a really bad outing, so people have been talking up um, – I forgot the name of the other guy. But either way, it's kind of a mess over there right now in Pittsburgh. What do you mean Keone Keller? No, well, Keller's out on the I.O. with COVID. Oh, Correct? I, I – Oh, yeah, Crick? You, you know, he's talking about Crick. You're saying Crick or other guy. And I'm trying to remember the other guy that like was up for saves because I of can't Keller. remember other guy either. There's other, but there's another guy that. Oh, um, this, is, this is the next trivia question. This is take a yeah. shot in the dark. Who is the Who's other guy? guy? First one to win. Curlin's giving another glass to. Yeah, no, no, I'm not. Well, <laughs> no. Um, I'm just kidding. I was gonna kill me. If I already gave can, it I, can I? Can I say the name? Go ahead. I'm not. This isn't. Actual, Are we thinking about Birdie? Yeah, it's Birdie. Birdie was the guy. Oh yeah. That was the next. That's kind of been like the next hyped up guy over there yeah. for Pirates, and I'm like, I honestly yeah. don't even really think Crick's that good. He's not. I think he's the best right? available. And I mean, one great. ridiculously nice pitch, but. Well, that's all you need as a closer. Do you really need two? Yeah, I. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, I mean, if that one pitch is that good, is Crick's one pitch that good that you can? I mean, it's that? not like out of this world. It's above average, but yeah, we do well, too much of that with the Pirates. Musgrove. I mean, Mike. I know you're Mike. You're a Musgrove guy. The, the Pirates talk down on Joe Musgrove. I'm not talking about okay? that. I'm just Don't saying, talk like, about like, Mitch Keller either. either. There's, a, there's, there's a lot off. of like. like but <laughs> <laughs> we're doing a lot. We're kicking people out a lot. This. Uh, <laughs> well, you give me power. You give me power. You're, you're screwed. Yeah, that's bad. But, all right. All right. Can we so, get to bowl predictions? I was going to say, we're going to, I was just looking at that. We're going to get to bowl predictions and we're going to cut it from, th- unless you want to talk about all of them, I figure we just do one each because we're running a little longer than anticipated. Yes. It you know what? Because Mike already cut a segment, I'm going to leave it. I, I yeah, thankfully I did that. <laughs> well, you're welcome. Well, it's because I talk and and Chris, you get Chris and I. I'm using your first name, by the way, because no one else does it. So I want to be unique. But you get Chris yeah. and I in a room. I always we're gonna Chris, talk. but whatever. Chris and I <laughs> love talking. Mike, this is perfect for you because we have to we have to draw the words out of you. Chris and I can just go. I should have so just works. brought. I should have brought my Yoda globe on here again. Oh, that, that just pisses me off. I don't yeah, know why. Some Mermel the Grand bobblehead. Oh, there you go. How's the how's right. the back? 
you know. It's stiff. Cause it, Careful anyway. with that arm. Careful with that arm. It's important. The Mets did real good at his face, right? Oh, my God. Oh, that looks like Chucky. That looks like – have you guys seen the new Chucky, Child's Play? No. It's, yes. The new Great movie. movie. It, it's yeah, you know what it's actually it's very creative it? it is yeah. terrifying the decision they had like for them to be like all right guys let's change how chucky looks because this will be the thing that gets everyone excited what's like oh yeah cool like the new chucky doll or whatever it's called the buddy doll yeah that kind of looked like the the new child's play doll i just want to point that out yeah a little bit yeah so, you're right so uh, honestly it's pretty creepy this is this is already kind of going amazingly and Wait, hold on. What's going on? I'm so confused. Right. Um, so just that's like 2 a.m. at the bar and taking a girl home. I don't know where that came from, but I like the comment. Anyway, at least you highlighted it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course. I don't know where it came from. I don't know what he's referring to, Chad. But I, I love it. Anyway, so bold predictions. We'll start. We'll start with uh, Chris again. You can do. We can do three, but we'll start with one each and go from there. See what happens. Chris, what's your favorite bold prediction? Let's just start with your favorite. Well, I've got. Can I mean? You want to go one at a time through, or do yeah, you give we'll, we'll, let's just go one at a time. We'll see what happens. Okay, this is probably the m- most confident one I have, and uh, I'm a big Robbie Ray guy, and um, I've been a bit, pretty big Robbie Ray Are you guy. Biased, I love- though? Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I would totally acknowledge that, like, I probably have some bias as an Arizona mm-hmm. Diamondback fan, but this is a high, high strikeout guy, and I think there's a lot of, you know, I call it, like, the high-variance guys, the Ricky Bobby type of thing. In a shortened season, you give me guys that have immense power that the question is average. Can they kind of curtail that? Yeah, same thing with stolen bases. Same thing would go with strikeouts, and, uh, you know, I would tell people to go check out uh, my buddy Lance Brozdowski had a really good tweet about some of the like physical changes. There's a couple that Robbie Ray's made first off weight. He looks a lot skinnier Mm -hmm. and really goes through kind of like rotationally how he approaches on the back follow, like where he used to, his arm used to be really kind of laid out and he's kind of brought it in to kind of help with control. And he has less of a, of a wild drop after uh, the full release of the pitch. But Robbie Ray is also just one of these guys that the high strikeouts play in this year. And the Diamondbacks are going to win games. And guess what? Also, he's a free agent and the Diamondbacks are going to let him fly. He actually had 96 pitches, I think, yesterday, and he went six and one third. My bold prediction is I think, first off, Robbie Ray is going to be the most valuable Arizona Diamondback pitcher, more than more than Gallon and more than uh, Bumgarner. But I also think he's going to be a top 20 fantasy SP for this year. By the end of this 60 game season, I think he'll be in the top. Uh, I think he'll be in the top 20 because if he can maintain the ERA and he gets those wins with the Diamondbacks, they got some good, you know, San Diego early games on and they'll be playing the Rockies that um, with the strikeouts, with a controlled ERA, if he lowers the, um, the walks under four, that's going to be a pretty big deal. This is a top 20 guy. It, it's literally a command issue to be a top 20 fantasy pitcher. So that's my dude. That's my uh, bold prediction. I love it. I, I actually like it. do. I, I don't know how Mike feels about Ray, but I just know that the potential is there. And if he can get that commander under control, pun intended, I guess. I, I see his eyes judging. Michael's judging with his eyes. So I'm <laughs> not judging with my I, eyes. I see judgment. I see judgment. <laughs> the, th- the thing about Mike is that he's always judging you, and he's even when he's not. What? <laughs> I, have a co- I have a co-host just like that. I have a co-host. Where is this coming from? And you have this. You have your buddy here. I guess. Uh, no okay so you know who this is yeah it sounds good he's your guy i appreciate the very very first army member ever that's his uh, accolade oh, very first person to ever sign up on our patreon like, that's awesome. you know what man that's awesome that is you should awesome. give him a glass you should give him a glass curlin we no i'm just kidding <laughs> i always have so many my wife's gonna kick, kill me but yeah <laughs> i want to hear uh, some other bold predictions 
yeah, Mike, go ahead with your first English. Um, all right, I'll go with my middle one. Uh, the best pitcher on the White Sox in 2020 is Ronaldo Lopez. Mm. You love Ronaldo Lopez. Yeah, I just think um, Giolito is super erratic, so maybe um, you know he has a couple bad starts and can't quite recover from that. And um, I mean, the only other one who's could possibly uh, beat out Ronaldo would be Cease, but I mean, we all know his control issues. Although it seems like he's kind of working on it. Um, but yeah, I mean. You know, Ronaldo's got some good breaking stuff. That change-up slider is great. Uh, his curveball is pretty decent when he throws it in there. Um, he, you know, he increased his velocity at certain points last year, and he pitched, you know, a lot better. Uh, he's just got to work on his consistent consistency a little bit. And I mean, with Grandal coming in, and um, I know he's been talking to Giolito a lot about what he's been doing and stuff. I wouldn't be shocked if he kind of pulls a Giolito actually, and um, kind of breaks out this year. Yeah, can't really argue with Ronaldo Lopez. I took him in the main event, and my wife popped in. <laughs> I popped in on the perfect time where you gave him more glasses away. <laughs> yes, babe. I gave away two glasses tonight, and you gave away another uh, one on Twitter. That's three glasses. You gave away three, I think. I gave away three tonight, so we have to give away four. So it means I probably have to make more. So, yes, if you're watching, I love you, honey. And make those glasses real quick. All right, anyway. I'm <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> oh, I, I like sleeping in my bed. I'll try to keep it there. Um Enjoy the couch. All right, look at that. What? You don't even make them ship? No, no, no. We got it all, babe. We got we got it covered. Anyway, all right. So my first one, I guess I'll start spicy. And you and I, we actually went back and forth a little bit on this one, was the whole Franchi Cordero has a better year than uh, Luis Robert. And that was before I saw that Cordero didn't even start the first game. He did get some run today with the backups. I knew it was kind of a, uh, kind of a long shot, but – I went with it, and I'm going to stick to my guns, and my reasoning was simple. Very similar skill sets in terms of power and speed as far as, like, just surface. Obviously, Robert is better, way better long-term. There's no questioning that. I'm not arguing that. Then you're looking at the fact that uh, lineup position. You have uh, Robert likely at the bottom of the lineup, 7th, 8th, ninth. Cordero's projected to be the 7th hitter, 7th hitter, maybe 8th. And a team, both teams have nothing to really gain from, or nothing to really lose by letting them play every day. And we saw what the Royals did with Soler. I know it's going to be harder for them to do that in seven days or whenever they acquired him prior to the start of the season. But there's a very real possibility of that happening. Now, it's a very, very bold take because the more I watch Robert and he's hitting those hanging uh, breaking balls, which at least he's hitting them, because if you couldn't hit a hanging slider, I'd be really concerned. But he's looking really good in camp. He's putting a lot of barrels on the ball, and it's making me second-guess this, but I'm sticking to my guns. Spencer Cordero over Luis Robert in 2020. This is literally what I wrote. It's actually my third one, but here's my bold prediction, my number two. That Luis Robert is more valuable than Francis Cordero <laughs> in 2020. That's my bold prediction for 2020. Yeah. I know it's crazy, guys. I know it's Water. like it's out there. It's out there. It's a little bit crazy, but I'm gonna like I'm gonna really go out in the limb here, and I'm gonna say Luis Robert's gonna be more well, valuable. Curlin and I, because I I was razzing him, and we were DMing oh, yeah. and laughing about it and stuff, sure. and like uh, service level, it, he's he's not wrong. You know, like Franchi's like a like bigger said, surface, very very surface. It's very very surface. Yeah, very superficial. Yeah, you dip your toe in the water. It's like already too deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like there's two bodies of water, and you know, like one there's a lot of stuff going on under there, and the other it's empty. Like that type of like surface level. Yeah. But like Franchi, he's like an imposing. You know, he's physically he's imposing. There is a power speed that's there, but 
Yeah, I mean, it's annoying when I do this, and I know I do this sometimes, but like it is one of those things. Like, I've watched these guys for like multiple years in person yeah. for a while. Like, Franchi's been out here in San Diego, and um, Luis Robert, you know, obviously he had all this like the spotlight on him. He's a guy that I focused on when he came up, and just the hit tool isn't the same thing. Like, Franchi doesn't make the type of contact, nor does he have the type of pitch recognition, and he ha- and he's it's like the same timeline, it's it's not remotely close. Luis Robert. Though he can strike out, has a tendency to walk. He makes really loud, hard contact. He's aggressive on the base paths. And you saw it last year in a 30-30 season. Franchi, he just hasn't put that stuff together. So is it possible? I don't think your take is ridiculous because, you know, you piece together two very similar physically imposing players. But Franchi has done nothing to really show that he can make that move yet. And I'd also say Kansas City is not the place for that to happen. It's not like a super positive place that I believe that he's going to be able to mature as a hitter. They did it with Jorge Soler, but Franchi's a completely different type of guy. I think uh, Brett Phillips is going to get some run. They, the Kansas City Rose are still going with Bubba Starling. If people remember Bubba Starling, he, he was drafted the same year George Springer is, and he hasn't seen a major league game yet. And <laughs> Nick Heath is somebody that everybody should pay attention to. Nick Heath is an absolute dude. The guy is one of the fastest dudes in baseball. I saw him four single Forrest Whitley in the AFL one game, just four straight at bats, four straight hits on him. Absolutely own him. He doesn't have any power, but um, he was featured in uh, Trevor Bauer's series. He was doing with those like desert uh, home run games and stuff, but pay attention to Nick Keith. So all I'm saying is, is they do have options to move with that. I don't think Franchi's a guy that gets the full run, nor do I think he's the type of bat that they're going to sit around and wait for. So like I said, full prediction, Luis Robert, a little bit better than Franchi Cordero in twenty. You instantly made me regret. Like I already regretted it a little bit. And honestly, I didn't expect the reaction I got. Like when I got that, like, obviously my take was super reactionary. This was like an hour after the trade. The trade went down. Franchi was to the Royals. I was like, oh yeah, like super hyped. Like I took my shirt off. I was running on my fat beer belly, and I'm over here like Franchi Cordero is going to be better than Luis Robert. But here's what you get. This is what you get, Mike, and nobody else gets this. I have like fifty likes. I don't get. Well, when Franchi hits that first home run in Kansas City, you get to tag all the people and you get to take your shirt off and you get to run around and dance and you get to be like, Woo, Franchi Homer, Franchi Homer. And you'll get that one day this year. You'll at least get that I one, probably day. only one. Probably only one. Opening day, day Franchi outproduces, outproduces uh, Robert. I win. Like, it's good. They won. Yeah. Mike's going to be tweeting victory lap instantly. July 27th, Franchi has more hits than Robert. Count it. <laughs> Done. Game over. That my was wife, my number two. I don't know if you saw my wife. My wife chimed in. Couch for you. Joke's on her. I like my couch. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you gave us to Mike. I don't know if that was actually your second one. But that was. I, would literally, I literally have it on my sheet. Mike, let's let's rush through these because we're running a little long and I hate to hold up Chris longer than we have to, which I good. Don't even worry about it, man. Don't even worry about it. All right, hour two is happening. (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, well. (laughs) (laughs) Kidding, Mike. What's your second one, buddy? Um, mine is that the (laughs) this is a little bold. Uh, the Miami Marlins are have a top five rotation in the league. Ooh, wow. Yeah, led led by who? I want you to say the name that leads them. Say it, Caleb Caleb Smith. (laughs) There it is. <laughs> I really think that second half was just because of the injury. Um, so I could see him putting up like a, you know, a, a low three ZRA. I really like Alcantara, you know, implementing yeah. that power sinker. Um, you know, if he, you know, goes towards that a lot more, I think that's great. Um, 
I always like Pablo Lopez as well. Again, the injury I think hurt him last year. He was he had like a I think high three ERA last year. And then everyone knows my love for Eliza Hernandez. Um super raw pitcher. I'm not expecting him to like explode this year, but that slider is filthy. And I think maybe if he just happens to click, they could have four really solid starters this year. I love it. I, I thought the Marlins could be uh, playoff contenders this year. So I like it. Mm. I was going to yeah, say, I kind of agree with that. I'm kind of a biased Marlins fan, but the Marlins make the playoffs. That was one of my bold. You got like a scrappy offense. I like it. I think it would be appropriate that the year that you're like not a Marlins fan and you're now a Mariners fan that the Marlins make the playoffs again. <laughs> oh, no, I no, think no, that I, would be good. Because I told you with the shirt, I bought a throwback Marlins hat from 03. So it has like the, the, the cool logo with the F and the Marlin. So I have that hat coming in because I'm not a band. Yeah, but that doesn't that doesn't count, Mike. I just want you to know that doesn't count. You're, you you have a cutout in the Mariners stadium yeah. and you bought a hat and a jersey. You're a Mariners fan now. Sorry. And it has my I agree. But yeah. the thing is, though, is I actually looked at the Marlins first. And I didn't see any options. I don't think they're like, – how stupid are they? They get three fans to the game on average. They couldn't let us do cutouts for them for 30 bucks, for 40 bucks. That's just stupid, terrible marketing. Come on, Jeter. Sounds God, like you're terrible. Sounds like their management. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm I'm frustrated. So that's why you know what I the Mariners earned me this year. They let me be in their stands with that stupid face I make. So, like, so what's, your, what's your second bold prediction, Mike? Well, the Mar- the Marlins are my fourth one. That was natural. My second one isn't as bold as the Franchi one, but I think Walker Buehler. And it's not as bold now because people kind of warmed up to the idea. But my thing is Walker Buehler ends up outside the top thirty in starting pitchers. He actually finishes the season outside the top thirty. And it's, a lot of it's based on the early season stuff. He's already being, like, skipped in the rotation the first week. Like, that's already a red flag. He pitched, like, what, two innings the other day? I don't think he gets the work. I don't think he gets his workload up until about a month in. And by then, he's so far behind. It's going to take a lot for him to catch up. I think he's going to be solid. But I don't think he's going to be good enough to be the top ten pitcher he's being drafted to be. And I think all it takes is one blow up to kind of screw everything else going on. And he already says he's traditionally a slow starter. So if you pair the fact that he's uh, not pitching many innings plus the fact that he's a slow starter, you're looking at a guy who could just definitely sink your teams. I have him in TGFBI, and I'm already giving up hope. I benched him week one because he's not starting week one. He's not going to pitch those three games. Like, that's already killing you. You're taking him as a top ten guy. You have to in order to get him. I just don't see it. I think he ends up outside the top 30, not because of talent, but because of situation. And people don't want to acknowledge that, and he should be drafted. Like, I'd rather honestly take – I'm at the point where I'm like, I'd rather have Crasco over him. I know it's crazy. Trust mm-hmm. me, it's crazy. And that's definitely the like we're talking. But it's <laughs> at the point where like Crasco, he's coming in like he has leukemia. He's like, well, screw it. I'm throwing six innings. Bueller's like, I'm a slow starter. I'm throwing two. Well, screw you, Bueller. I'm taking Crasco. <laughs> like- <laughs> leukemia wins. Leukemia All right. Wins. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So you heard it here on beer, uh, bourbon, and baseball. Robbie baseball. Ray more valuable than Walker Bueller in 2020. Honestly, it if if those changes, which by the way, I'm very excited to watch him. I signed up for the MLB package and all that. I'm really I'm actually gonna watch a lot of baseball these first two days and except the seven except the seven teams that you'll be blacked out on, but you'll watch all the rest, right? Yes, yeah. but I got my wife's student discount, so it worked out. <laughs> but I'm gonna but Robbie Ray is a guy I'm actually really excited about because I'm all about tangible change. Mike will tell you I live by that term, tangible change, because if tangible change ch- tangible change is followed by um like actual positive results i totally buy in usually and because of that like i'm all in like i like robbie ray i'm really excited to see what he does and if he felt if he finished above walker bueller i i wouldn't be surprised at all i know it's crazy i'm being and again it's definitely the beer talking 
I've, I'm on my fifth beer, and that's way. I feel like I'm in. I'm in. I'm like incepting like ideas. I'm just like I'm just like throwing ideas into you. I'm like <laughs> Robbie Ray is more valuable than. And then and Mark Curlin's like, yeah, yeah, he is. He is. Like, yeah. my, that's my Hell thought yeah. now. Ooh. Yeah, I like that. I'm going crazy. Well, dude, you don't understand. Like, I'm a lightweight, so you put five IPAs into me. I'm feeling it right now. Are you kidding me? I'm definitely being a hundred percent. Like, just like screw it. I think this would be fun. Now I'm gonna feel it tomorrow morning, but I'm definitely. This is oh, definitely. Wait, wait, wait till you see the sponsored ad for Pod Decks, Mike. I'm excited to get you to like mine. <laughs> the one that everyone has from Little League, the Marlins hat. Yes, that's the Marlins hat. The one that everyone has from Little League because that's the only time that they were a winner. Oh three, baby. Let's do it. Marlins. All right. All right, Mike. <laughs> oh, sorry. We're gonna go back to you, Mike, and we're gonna let Welsh finish us off strong. So, Mike, what's your uh, last? Uh, Bold take, whatever. Bold All right. Uh, my last bold take is that Kenta Maeda wins the Cy Young Award and is a top 10 pitcher. I like that from a Minnesota pitcher. I like that a lot. That, team, um, that, that roster, that schedule is terrible. For, yeah, great for him, but terrible for other people. Twins are the team I was I would put money on right now. I think we did a oh, the black yeah. book. We, yeah, we did a like a, a pool of where you put your money on for World Series, and Twins would be the the first place I start putting cash down on. Drunk Mike wears his hat backwards. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> anyway, so that's all you got, Mike? No, no analysis to follow. No, I mean I was going to, but you know you. You Go ahead. Walking, so, you know. I got a beard. I, I just, you know, sat in the background. So whatever. Um, no, no. I mean, I mean, the guy's slider changeup are ridiculous. Um, you know, he's one of few pitchers who had two pitches um, at like a 20 swing strike percentage or over. Um, he's on like every list. I feel like that anyone ever puts out uh, his underlying stats are just so good. You know, the Dodgers aren't holding back anymore. Kind of like what you guys said, really easy schedule, even though I don't like to put too much into that. But, um, yeah, I, I just think finally maybe this is his year. And, I mean, again, I know it's a little bold, but I feel like if everything aligns right with him, he could easily be one of the best pitchers in the league. I like that. I like that one. All right. Chris. Mine's, mine's yeah. a prospect one. Uh, it's just another prospect one. Like I said, I'm not I'm not a crazy big bold prediction guy because yeah. at the end of the day, when you do enough analysis, you know the bold predictions are kind of eh. You kind of talk yeah. about everybody. There's, but uh, I got one for you that you guys might dig. Is I think there's going to be somebody um, giving Luis Robert a run, not Francia Cordero, Luis Robert a run <laughs> for the AL Rookie of the Year, and I, I believe Joe Adele is going to outscore Dylan Carlson this year. And I, that might not be like crazy for everybody, but Dylan Carlson is a love child of many, many yeah. people that mm -hmm. he was going to be the, you know, the, the absolute no brainer prospect after Luis Robert that you draft. Everyone's been drafting him. Well, he got optioned. They're really committed to giving an opportunity to uh, Tyler O'Neill, Harrison Bader and Dexter Fowler look relatively locked in. Dylan Carlson's going to get his run, but there's some question marks long-term about, you know, um, Hard hit numbers, exit velocity on what Dylan Carlson really does and how they're going to translate to the major leagues. He's got a beautiful swing. He can run. But I am a firm believer in Joe Adele. I think Joe is ready. He can run if he wants to. He's got massive power, power that Dylan Carlson wishes he has. It's still a beautiful swing. Might not be a crazy plus 300 hitter, but... Joe Adele is one of the most athletic players in baseball right now. And I, I think I might have said it, uh, Michael, on your show, but like, Mike, I don't believe he's going to be held down by Brian Goodwin and they want to win. And Trout is towing around still with opting out. I think all things 
point to Joe Adele having impact this season. Even the team has said so much so. So my bold prediction is Joe Adele outscores in fantasy Dylan Carlson this year. <laughs> that wouldn't shock me. I mean, I know it's bold. Yeah, it's not a crazy bold one. Well, nah. It's not crazy, but it's not like me and French Cordero, Cordero, this love I have, this weird infatuation. I can't even say the word infatuation right now. But <laughs> nothing like that. <laughs> but, I, I think know. Mike's gonna pass out. <laughs> I, I hope so. I hope so. That'd be great. That would be amazing. <laughs> um, my last one is just Josh Hader wins the NL Cy Young. Not crazy bold, but I think having a really good Cy Young is crazy. I, I, well, I mean, NL Cy Young. It's not that crazy to think a really pitcher can win it in a shortened season because he could, in theory, six season, six season, six innings a week. And if you if he's pitching six innings a week, he can get a, a win a week or save a week. Pair that with the elite ratios and the K rate, and we're looking at a guy who outproduces a lot of starters. I just wouldn't surprise me at all if he won the NL Cy Young, and that would be my final. I kind of went from like boldest to like most mediocre take here in this bold prediction segment. Oh, oh Mike, I think all of yours were plenty, plenty bold. Don't tell <laughs> don't sell yourself short on the boldness of everything that you've said here tonight. And you can tell, like, I barely have any shares of the guys I'm like, fading at all. Like, so obviously we can end the show here, or we offered, and I didn't ask you before the show, so that's on me as a host, bad host, Mike. Horrible. But about the whole asking questions thing, we allow guests to come on and ask questions. I wasn't sure if you brought your own or if you just didn't do it. We didn't talk about it. My bad. Uh, <laughs> I was I was a little busy uh, writing this theoretical waiver wire conversation <laughs> that was going to be had. I mean, well, okay, let me let me toss this out. This is why I might not not necessarily have questions for you at this moment. Is uh, th- this is going to be funny, Curlin? I want you to watch uh, Michael's reaction here for a minute. Oh God! Um, because I, if Michael remembers, he's going to be on ITL on Monday. Ooh! Does he remember? Michael, do you remember? You're going to be. Oh, God, go. I did not remember. And there you go. He, he even said, he said, hey, uh, remind me when it gets close. And I was like, I'll do that. And this <laughs> coming Monday, Michael's going to be uh, the first guest on in season. Because I was that just works. like, hey, let's, let's get you on. So we'll be recording <laughs> Sunday night. I lie to you. I'm pretty jealous, Mike. Congrats. But, but Curlin, we're going to lock you in, too. We haven't, like, done Ooh. all the crazy stuff. It's been a weird year. It's been a super weird year. <laughs> we don't, we're not, um, we don't do crazy booking out. Uh, on ITL, like yeah. even though we should, it, it's helpful. But I, I try to get a little bit ahead of the curve, and uh, yeah, Michael's going to be on uh, in this league fantasy baseball podcast on Monday to talk about kind of what happened over the weekend. So we might ask a few questions there. And I mean, Curlin, you what 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 more could I ask of you? You've given me everything. <laughs> I mean, sleeping on the podcast, Mariners fan on the cutout. You're making the glasses. You're giving away glasses like Oprah. You got hot takes. I, what more could I ask? You get ask a car. You? you get a car. <laughs> ask me on the show, and you'll find out. But no. But in all seriousness, um, ITL though, honestly, Mike. First off, congrats. It's awesome because I say congrats because you guys have built such an awesome product over there and a show. And I've always been a fan because. You've always gone against the grain. The average podcast isn't like what we did tonight. We just had so much fun. We drank on the air. People are watching us live. Like, look at these lushes on a Tuesday night. Curlin's drunk. It's fantastic. Sleepy K turning into Drunky K. It happens. But in all seriousness, though, like, this stuff is, like, it's such a change in, like, and what you guys do is just such a change in the, it's against the grain, like I said, and it's just such an awesome thing you guys do. And honestly, it's always been a show I've really enjoyed because it's just such a laid-back vibe, such a, 
different, like, a, hey, come hang out with us type of thing. And that's what we wanted to build here on this show, Mike, right? I don't want to speak for both of us, but I think that was kind of the idea with this whole that's why we're inviting guests. Yeah, those judging eyes came back. Those judgy eyes came back here. As as <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, you know Mike, he's I'm just, like, whatever you say, up. just assume I'm agreeing with. It's fine. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you know what, Carlin? Shut the hell up. Let's end the show. So also on that note, guys, we appreciate all of you listening. Well, please plug everything you do because it's a lot. I know it's ITL at Is It The Walsh, but please finish it off there. Talk about your Patreon and all that. Yeah, I mean, anything. anybody that's watched on video has seen my Twitter handle, at Is It The Welsh. Uh, Want to get me to 8,000? Hey, everybody, I'm just like 824 <laughs> away from 8,000. We can do it. I don't care. I'm only like 4,000 and change away. I got. I, I mean, I might start tweeting angry things again. I, I did that on Sunday. <laughs> Not that I was mean, like I said. How about like your movie take about Saw like 15 or whatever? Oh my god, I did not realize you knew that. <laughs> my podcast, I think. I forgot. I you know what I forgot about that. Yeah. I I've pared back a little bit because I had well, I was drinking that night and I was like, hey, you know what would be fun? People do threads. I'm gonna do a thread because they were talking about remaking uh Saw. Yeah, with they Chris Rock and, and they're like yeah, Chris Rock and Samuel Jackson. Well, they haven't like it hasn't it's not out yet, is it? No, no, not yet. Yeah. It's, it's so, supposed was supposed to be by now, but so I actually I saved the thread. It's still somewhere on my Twitter. They had announced that this was happening, and I was like, "They're going to redo Saw with Chris Rock and Samuel Jackson." So then I got it in my head. I was like, "This is ridiculous. They're going to make this like how Adam Sandler gets all his friends in it." So then, for some reason, alcohol, bourbon, beer. I decided one night I spent two hours and I wrote a sixty-four thread tweet of. Yeah. Five of my versions of the new Saw movies, and I went scene by scene. <laughs> Michael, I lost like seven. I lost like seventy-five followers that night because I did this. It was amazing. That would I make got, me want to follow you, dude. Yeah. I, 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 I thought so too. I thought it would be hilarious, but I think some people might have had me on like notifications, so it buzzed. So I don't seventy-five people I lost, and I was like, "All right." And uh, that's really funny that you that you remember that. That I haven't done that. Amazing. One of my favorite things you ever did. You kidding me? That might be like one of my most favorite Twitter stories ever. I have. uh, You know what? I I saved it as a word document, and I'll send it to you guys. You can read it. There's a couple in there. I, I asked Bogman after, and he was like. Listen, this was amazing, and I'm shocked. And I said, "Tell me your favorite parts," because I had like three parts that like, you don't want to like laugh at your own stuff. You don't want to be the person that's like, oh, "I'm so great." But like, I had three like scenes that I wrote that I was crying laughing at myself <laughs> about, and I was so happy with. And I just wanted validation. I have the word document somewhere. I'll send it to you, and you let me know if there's something you like in there. But um, yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate you guys. You know, I said it last time uh, with Michael, and I, I appreciated like a week later when you tweeted about it. But, you know, I'm always honored when people want me on or have ever listened to us or talk about it because, you know, I always struggle with like my place in the industry. And we're very different. You know, we are very different. And we, we're very self deprecating, Bogman and I are. And, you know, sometimes we go heavy. Yeah, and I know some people do. And sometimes Which, we go. By the way, Chris, did you listen to my podcast with Spore? No. When did you do that? I tagged you in it. I don't. don't, When was I drunk? (laughs) Maybe. So I had a podcast with Spore. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You said like you guys. You we tagged you. I get weird about like like I don't want to go and listen because you guys talked about me or something like that. But anyway, he literally. Um. So I asked him. I said, "What was one of your favorite podcasts you've ever been a guest on?" 
And obviously he, so he said, you guys. Oh, that's funny. And then he literally told the same exact story you told me on my podcast. Oh, really? Like about like, How, like the, friends and stuff. That player or whatever. He like randomly told you about the, like mentioned the player. And then you were like, oh shit. He fought. He will listen to our podcast. Oh yeah. Yeah. The Dallas McPherson story. Yes, and the, yeah. The, the, yeah. He told the same exact good. story. It was so funny. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was amazing. I, I love- that that's really cool. And I appreciate that. And I, I love sport and I, and I love like meeting people in the industry and that's, what's so cool. So like I said, I really, and I was really like touched that like that meant something to you, not the, the talking about us with sport, but like that you had been thinking about what I was talking about, because I think a lot of us struggle, whether it's listeners that a, a lot of listeners, and I, I experienced it a whole lot. People see what we do and they've, you know, they've seen some success or they like to write and they want to do it and people feel that they can do it. But a lot of people kind of struggle or they get really hardcore about it. And then they dump off because people just don't know, like, "Eh, how do I start? Who likes me? Am I good enough? Blah, blah, blah. I struggle with that from this day. I have a perception Mm -hmm. of where I think we are and whether that's good or bad and where it is, it, it doesn't really matter. So like, you know, Curling, you say nice things. That means so much to me. Uh, Mike, are you guys talking about us or taking to heart anything? Like, it's cool to have people that have ever listened to us or like to listen or people that sign up with our Patreon. So again, I would just reiterate that. But mm-hmm. um, in this League Fantasy Baseball podcast, we do other sports. I do Prospect One. It's my Prospect podcast. It's a solo pod. Uh, sometimes I do solo episodes. Sometimes I have uh, prospects on, actual mm-hmm. prospects. I've interviewed guys we've talked about, like Evan White, Joe Adele. Um, sometimes I have industry people on. And we do have a Patreon. It's just in this league.com. We just do a whole bunch of stuff. We do comedy shows, live streams. We do ranks. Um, if you guys want to check it out, you can. If not, you know, just listen to the podcast and subscribe. And uh, we are waiting until we, we had a. All right. Can I do one thing? I know we got to get ahead. out of here. Do I got to do, do one thing because somebody made mention of this. I want to say it was Marty. Um, we, we try to have as much fun as we can because the one thing I think that's missing from fantasy so much is fun because we get really locked into that's all the crazy stats. It's created, man. Be honest. Yeah. We get locked into the stats and we get locked into all the stuff. And um, like one cool thing we're going to do on Thursday is we're going to wait till the games finish on Thursday night. Bogman and I are going to react after and drop our latest podcast on Friday. So if people want to look for it, <laughs> what are you doing? Now we're just looking at Curlin. Now we're just looking at Curlin. I want to <laughs> boy Curlin. I might have, we might have to kick him off. All right, I'm going to share something. This is the epitome of what we're about. I'm going to share my screen here in a second on here. This is the epitome of what in this league is about. If you like us or not, my co-host Bogman ate close to 80 times Carl's Jr. for every loss that happened to the Diamondbacks last year. People know. Some people know about this. Some people don't care. And uh, it's going to happen this year, but the inverse. And we're going to have, we want to have so much fun as possible. One of our listeners commissioned this video and Marty was saying, oh, my God, the intro to this week's episode was so great. And he's referencing this thing that I'm about to share. And it's going to be on screen here in a minute because I can share the audio here. He purchased this cameo for Bogman. And I want you to hear this. I'm playing this on your show uh, here. <laughs> and so this is from MLB player Eric Burns, oh, Eric Burns yeah. to Bogman for the In This League Fantasy Baseball podcast. Yo, Scott. Eric Burns here. Is he on the treadmill? He's on a bike. Some uh, (laughs) uh, trainer. Hey, listen, man. I can't tell you how proud I am that you say you're going to go ahead and run or walk the run differential after each D-backs loss this season. 
uh, especially after all that Carl's Jr. just slaughtered last year. Like yourself. Fantastic. So it's a good comeback, man. It's the first step. But kind of like I tell my kids, dude, the words are hollow with no action. <laughs> so just make oh my sure God. you go ahead and hold yourself accountable and check back in here shortly, man. But oh. overall, I like the commitment. That's it, buddy. <laughs> Go get them. Go get That's That's amazing. It's the epitome in this league right here. We will waste our money to buy to get cameos, to like <laughs> ridiculous shirts, whatever we can do to entertain you. That's awesome. Like I already loved you guys. That was amazing. <laughs> that was amazing. Oh, God. <laughs> And then you have here your boy Chad. Fourth time I heard it today. Better every time. Chad, you ain't lying, man. That was. Wait, do you see the reaction? We have. I have the whole video reaction of Bogman. It's going to be up on our Patreon. It's it's amazing. It's I actually. Have, I'm, not, I'm not just saying this to butter it up even more, but I actually have your pod still queued up because I don't know. I've been just really busy. I haven't listened to any other pods besides the only ones I make. But that was one. I was like, oh, I saw like celebrity like in the title. So I ruined like it a little bit for you. Then I ruined it for you. It's okay though because I can picture Bogman going crazy like oh my god this because he gets a little like like this is too much like why are you doing this so I can picture <laughs> like and that's why I wish like I was trying to get both of you on tonight because it would have been a, it would have been chaos it would have been fantastic yeah it would have been but yeah, yeah we're gonna we're gonna do it again we're definitely gonna have to yeah. have you on again so Chris we appreciate you joining us again as always you can follow him on Twitter at is it the Welsh Mike Simeone at SP Streamer myself at Mike underscore Curlin we appreciate you joining us and listening guys and. Whoever got a free glass, I lost count. DM me. My DMs are open. So until then, guys, we will talk to you soon, and we appreciate you listening. Have a good night.